right. Welcome to the Parenting with Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Teresa Alexander-Inman, board-certified behavior analyst, infant-toddler developmental specialist, <clears throat> excuse me, and parent coach. I would love to welcome Mr. Paul Zolman. He is a love language linguist. I've never interviewed a love language linguist before, so I'm really super excited to find out more. Um, Paul has created a new way to demonstrate the principles of the love language. It's a profound way to learn all five love languages to give them away. By giving them away, your vision will improve to the point that you can see them coming your way and respond appropriately. The system is so easy that even young children can be trained in this love giving system. And he says, spoiler alert, it's a game where everyone wins. I love those kind of games, Paul. <laughs> oh, great. Thank you, Teresa. So nice to be with you today. Awesome. Thank you for being here. Now, how did you get into this, Paul? Well, I got into it just because I, I needed it myself. I grew up in a family that was really kind of a, an abusive family and had a lot of residual anger from, from that abuse. And the abuse started probably long before I was born, probably long before my father was born, kind of pa passed down generationally. I had a grandfather that had nine children in Indiana back in the late 1800s. In, um, in the early 1900s, his wife passed away after the ninth child. And so he was so distraught, as most people are when their spouse would pass away. I haven't had that experience, thankfully, yet. But when when their spouse passed away, most people would be distraught, but he was so distraught that he sold the farm, sold the equipment, and when people came to pick it up or came to the auction, he would say, and would you like this child? And would you like this child? And would you like this child? And he gave all the children away except for one. And he took that one child, Benjamin, with him to Montana, found another wife, found a school teacher that had not been married, had 10 children with her, of which my father is number six. Now, my father uh, was born in 1922. When he was 10 years old, that fa father, my grandfather, passed away. And so he's 10 years old in the middle of the Depression. Here you've got 19 children that have abandonment issues, oh. number one. But there's economic issues going on, too. And so just that hardship, that really hard life can can kind of give you a little nasty attitude once in a while. And it's unfortunate that we go that route that we, and especially in the crisis, we kind of need to have kindness, but it didn't work that way. And it just developed into, into a hard situation. My father, because of this, only was able to finish eighth grade mm -hmm. and only had an eighth grade education his whole life. So he became a truck driver, was gone through the week, back home on Fridays and, and and home for the weekend. He came home on Friday and every single Friday, I absolutely admire this about my father, every single Friday, he would take my mother out on a date. Oh. But it was always the same place. Yeah. Always the Maverick bar, always with alcohol. And, and, you know, just as couples do when they greet each other again, well, how was your day? How was your week? And And they just tell each other how their week went. Well, I'm number 10 of 11 children. So by the time, my, if my mother started at the oldest and got down to me, 
I'm the youngest boy and I'm between two girls. All the rest were boys. So when it got down to me and if I did anything, just anything that hurt the girls or or was unkind to the girls, I I got that wrath that was just stacked, 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 stacked until he flashed. And so when he flashed, my father would bring out the belt or he'd do a severe spanking. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time having such a severe spanking that my my rear end was black and blue for about three weeks. Oh, it was just that type of situation at home. So when I was 17 years old, right after my junior year of high school, I left home, went to live with my brother, and then just watched my brother's example. But he had the same problem. He'd have be annoyed, be annoyed, be annoyed, be annoyed, stacking that up, and then he'd flash. Just have that same that same thing that was passed on, not genetically, but genera- generationally passed on. And it's from that situation that that I, I had that residual anger that I had to get rid of myself. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of how it started. So I'm I'm just telling myself, oh, I want to get over this. I want to stop stop doing this. But you really can't say that and have it happen. It has to be more of a positive statement, or I'm going to start this to replace that. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time to understand that you really can't stop something without having a replacement a replacement behavior. Yeah. And so here I am, age 35, and I'm still blaming my dad mm-hmm. for all the, the bumps in the road, all the failed relationships, everything that's going on. By that time, I've got a wife, I've got um, several children, ended up with eight children. But this type of activity of of being being annoyed, 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 and stacking that up, flashing, just really kind of ruins relationships. Yeah. You don't know when the flash is coming. You don't know how bad it's going to be, but it just is happening. Mm -hmm. And so with that, I, I think that was contributory to the ruining of my first marriage and it so we divorced and and so i've i went into a, a phase of kind of a midlife crisis teresa that was was uh i thought it was fun when when my, i had the children i so i was a primary custodian of the children out of eight children that that we had i had there were just five left at home so i was primary custodian when it was her turn to have the children for the weekend, I'd find myself just going to different cities. I actually went to Jacksonville. I've been to Daytona Beach. I went to Columbia, South Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, Atlanta, Georgia, Nashville, Kansas City, New York City, uh, Phoenix, Snowflake, Arizona, Las Vegas, Salt Lake City, and Cabo San Lucas. All these places searching for love. And cool. I did that, did that for about, it was, I called it destination dating. Mm-hmm. So they lived in one city. I lived in a different city. We just found a place to meet and it just had a date. And it was, mm-hmm. it was a great time. Of course, I qualified them. It wasn't just, uh, it, it, they were all really pretty good dates because of that, just the qualification process that I had in doing that. But I was tired of it. Couldn't find anything. I thought I found someone. And then, so I moved from, um, from the East Coast to Phoenix, and and I was living in Phoenix when I when I was um, thought I found someone, but mm-hmm. that didn't that didn't work out. And so at a family reunion shortly after I moved to Phoenix, my sister said uh, 
just defined me as lonely. She oh. thought I was so lonely that I, she wanted to introduce me to her neighbor. And her neighbor, my sister lives seven hours away. I said, I don't think so. I've been doing destination dating for a year and a half. I don't want to do it again. Right. I don't want to travel. Don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. she, she was the older sister. So she said, oh, come on. And when you're number 10 of 11 children, you got to do what older sisters or older right. sisters. <laughs> I never had the opportunity to change the channel on the TV growing up. I didn't have that opportunity. They all, they all made my choices for me. Because I didn't have, I didn't have, didn't rank, you know. Just right, no seniority. <laughs> I had no seniority, and there was no way to get that seniority either. Right. <laughs> Never my turn. So anyway, so so she says, "Oh, come on!" And then I said, "All right." Well, I started um, texting or emailing her, and um, uh, just developing kind of a fun relationship. It was just fun. It was just I wasn't really serious, but that's kind of. Be careful of that if you're not really serious, it's gonna get serious. Oh. <laughs> and so so it did get serious. And I moved up to where my sister lived um, in southern Utah. And and then I uh, then it was time to take this woman for big brother approval. You always have to have that too. Right. So, so first thing happens, I bring her into my brother's home, 300 miles north of me, and and my sister-in-law pulls her aside and said, the only emotion that the Zolman family learned growing up was anger. At first, I denied it and said, oh, uh, -uh. then it made me mad. <laughs> and I thought, oh, she nailed it. Really, I, I just became mad just right because she said that. And, you know, there may have been just cause for being upset that she would tell anybody that <laughs> about the Zolman because it gives us no opportunity for a change. And there are many years since we'd gr grown up like that. But I thought, if that's the truth, and if that's the perception that people have of the Zolman family, I've got an opportunity right here and now to change that perception. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, I'll read the color code and I'll, I'll read the five love languages by Dr. Gary Chapman. So I read the, uh, I like the, the principles of the five love languages. I didn't get the application. You mean, Dr. Chapman, I'm supposed to guess what Teresa's love language is and then cater to that? And you're calling that love? You know what, Dr. Chapman, I came from a from not a loving environment, and that wasn't love, but that doesn't sound like love either. Just right. didn't sound like, it's like catering. It's like, uh, it's almost like, um, it's like just guesswork. And there's got to be something more to this, Dr. Chapman, seriously. Mm -hmm. so, so the second thing that Dr. Chapman has is, well, if you take this survey, then you can find out what your love language is. Mm. Well, Teresa, what do I do with that? Advertise? Hello. Right. Exactly. Hello, I'm gifts. What do you have for me today? That's right. a little, that's really awkward too. So mm -hmm. that worked for me. I'm single at the time. I don't have a significant other. So I figure out what am I going to do? How am I going to learn this? So I thought, even as in that circumstance as a child, we had times as a family that we play games and it was good times. Uh, there was smack talk all the time. And it almost sounded like a locker room. Now that I think back on it, it's more like, you know, just, you're just making comments on how I'm going to beat you and just all this stuff. And it was, but it was fun. So I thought maybe I can make this a game so that I can learn the love languages. So I talked to, or I um, contacted Dr. Chapman through, through email 
ask him if he was licensing those icons, the pictures that they have for the different love languages. Mm. He said no. And I was grateful for that. I found a, a international or a intellectual property attorney, a copyright attorney here in town. He said that that theory is not copyrightable. Application is. Ah. So I thought, well, I'll make my own. I, I'll make my own icons, and then I'll make it a game. So that's what I did. So I made it made it into a game. Here you can see see the different icons on the game. So that's yep, that's the gift. Uh huh. Okay. So that one helping. Uh, no, it's touch. Oh, touch. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. These are the words. Gotcha. Time. And then service. Ah. So those those are five love languages. Mm -hmm. After reading the the book, the five love languages four or five times, if I set it aside for a week, I could not spit out all five love languages to you. I couldn't. It didn't. It didn't resonate inside me. Right. So I like the principles. It didn't go come inside me. It did not make it in there. Uh, when I created this, I also there's six sides on the die. So this one actually surprised me. Nice. So, so Teresa, there's just two instructions. You roll the die every day. That's the love language you practice giving away all day that day. Right. So, so it was problematic for me when I read the five love languages. What direction is this going? And which one is mine? Is the one I that I like the one I give away? Or is it the one I like to get? And I couldn't understand that. So it seems like there were 10 love languages. Five that you give away and five that to that you that you receive so confusing to me really didn't so i distilled it down to this you only have control over what you give away right and what and and control over reacting when it comes your way yeah so i thought i've got to make something a, a way to give it away so when you roll the die you're only giving it away that's what you're watching for is opportunities all day to give that type of love away. When they light up, that's when you know that you've hit it. Bingo, right on their love language. That's when people are, people will shine when you hit their love language, their mm -hmm. primary love language. Instead of having to stop the relationship, say, pause, say, could you please take this survey so I can figure out? <laughs> Yeah, it just feels so clinical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. That's a good word for it. Good word for it. I did not. You don't have to do that. Just use your observation skills. Yeah. And, that's, and in the book that I wrote, the, called "The Role of Love," there's there's a book on, or a chapter on uh, the role of observation. It really is critical for you to watch the reactions of people when you send love out, if they like it or if they don't like it, or if they kind of like it. I mean, you're just watching for how, what kind of reaction are you getting? And you're not doing it so so much to get a reaction. You're doing it just because. Right. Sending it out just because, and you're not having any expectations. Mm -hmm. So the mindset is you send it out without expectation. You're watching what's right about that person. What can I love about that person? You, you'll be so busy doing that, Teresa, that... It you'll never have the opportunity to think what's wrong with that person, and mm -hmm. be on that critical route. You shouldn't be going down that route anyway. 
And it's because like, that's what causes annoyance after annoyance after annoyance and angry flashes. And you don't need that in your life. Nobody needs that. So as far as uh, uh, as far as children go, you know, just think of this in the school system. At the beginning of the day, I'm talking K through six, very young children. Yes. There's no words on this. So even young children that even don't know how to read, they can be taught the symbols, mm -hmm. what they what they mean, and they can respond appropriately. If they roll it, at, if the class rolls it at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, I've got prepared a way to journalize that. So they report what they rolled, mm -hmm. opportunities they saw to love in that way, and what they did about those opportunities. It's a great way to teach children that responsibility of I'm responsible for my own actions. At age 35, I still was blaming my father for my for things that I was doing, but I was blaming him. Yeah. He was dead, had been dead seven years at age 35. He had no way to defend himself, but there was I just had not taken responsibility. Instead, there's no need for change. If you can blame someone, it's their fault. You don't have to change. Right. So yeah, that is so true. And I love that part with the book, the journal, because then reflection is so important. It allows you to, you know, focus on positive because that's all you're looking for. And we know what we focus on is what grows. So when okay. they learn to focus on positive, then really their life is, is just, it's so much richer. Absolutely. Oh, no, I, I love, I love, <laughs> I love that, how you said that, that what we focus on grows. Because I, I compare it to a magnifying glass, that if whatever we're magnifying is going to get bigger, if we focus on the faults of other people, that's going to get bigger, and we're mm -hmm. going to like that person. Yes. But and and guess what's going to happen? That's a boomerang. Yes. That's coming right back to you. They're going to focus on your faults. Yes. We want that. Uh, no, nobody wants that. <laughs> no. Yeah. So focus on the good things about people. You know, it's different than the media and different what the media does and different what sells in the media because they focus on those negative things and they trump it all up and everything. Oh, pardon mm -hmm. the Trump, but <laughs> they, they make it big. Mm -hmm. and, and from that, you know, it just is bigger than life. Yeah. There's so many good things about people out there, so much good. Everybody has some, if not a lot, of good. I like to, uh, to kind of illustrate it, how my realization came to this um, by a stick I found the other day. Mm -hmm. I found I was out walking and I found this stick that didn't have any bark on it. It's kind of a walking stick. It's about three and a half feet long, but on one side, it's very, very smooth. Mm -hmm. You go to the other side and then it's got some knots on it. And just, I call it this, my naughty and nice stick. Ah. I'm sure <laughs> I am sure Santa Claus has a stick just like that. Right. <laughs> that's how he that's how he records everything. It's on a stick. You know, and they yep. used to call they used to call the scrolls in the olden times sticks and um, and they became a book. But that's I'm that's sure what what it is. But I realized when I went to my sister-in-law's house that anger was on that naughty side of the stick. Mm. I was. Once you realize and have that self-actualization moment of where am I on the spectrum? 
I realized that I can stay put and blame everybody else for all the problems that I have. That it's not going to make me move one direction or another. In fact, it might make me move more toward being more angry. Mm -hmm. You can stay where you're at, move to be more angry, or move to be loving. Now, anger has a, a language all of itself. It has mannerism. It has little nuances. It has colloquialisms. It has vocabulary all by itself. It's a culture. The mm -hmm. anger is a culture all by itself. I didn't want that culture in my life anymore. I just wanted to get away from that. So that's why I started going the other direction, trying to learn the love languages, trying to learn the vocabulary, trying to learn the soft humor and the kindness of, of the love, that whole culture, learning a new culture. And if, if, you've, if you've gone abroad anywhere and been in any other culture, it's different than what, what we have in, in America. Mm -hmm. It's 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 something that should be you should be respected for what it is because those people are good they have good hearts too and we want to want to be respectful of cultures but those differences in culture also become distilled down to being the same yeah. we all need clo food clothing shelters that Maslow's hierarchy that we get down to that and it's just they have very same needs that that we do. And yeah. especially the need to be loved. Mm -hmm. Everybody has that good in them. And we, we just need to watch for it. Yes. And love is so vital because, you know, every time I ask a question, especially when it comes to trauma and all these things, and I ask, what's the antidote? And the answer is love. It mm -hmm. is the cure for so much. You know, you love yourself. You treat yourself better. You love other people. Because when you love yourself, you can't help but love other people. And when you do that, you know, the world is just a better place because your outlook is different. You know, it's just really important that we change our focus mm -hmm. and make it one of love. Because the other thing too, children are watching. Oh, yeah. And yeah, absorbing everything. We are, we are the examples, aren't we? Yeah. So you said that that loves the antidote. What really helped me, Teresa, is is to identify what was it was that I was doing, and was it, it, any description. Say say for example, sarcasm. And my family, you can be sarcastic about a situation like that, and it kind of kind of makes a bad situation more humorous and you can kind of laugh it off a little bit and everybody needs to laugh. But when you consider just the word sarcasm by itself, is it on the naughty side of the stick or is it on the nice side of the stick? And I'm thinking it's on the naughty side of the stick. So what would be the opposite? So what the opposite being the antidote, what would be the opposite? So an opposite of sarcasm in my mind would be be a genuine person, be authentic and and when you think of it in those terms, oh yeah, everybody wants to be genuine. Everybody wants to be authentic. We don't want to live in that that sarcastic world, and that's part of the culture of that angry side of the stick. And we, if we don't know that that's part of that culture, or we don't recognize it, we're going to stay there. But if we can identify what we're doing, any anything that we're doing, just one thing at a time. Obviously, if you if you just uh, discord and pour it out on, on yourself, you could be really depressed. Mm -hmm. could be depressed that way. We don't want to even encourage that at all. Just take one thing at a time, find out what the opposite is and work toward mm -hmm. moving 
moving toward the antidote, taking that, taking the steps necessary to get on the love side, the nice side of the stick. Yes, so true. And you know, the thing I, when I hear sarcasm, I think, you know, so there, somebody's uncomfortable facing something. So then they envelop it in sarcasm to maybe, you know, as they would think, take the sting out of it, but it, the sting still remains in you. Yeah. Hence, you know, something needs to change. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's a deflection um, yeah. mechanism, more, more or less. You know what I like about the the diet is that it, it over a 30 day period, this is how I became a love language linguist is that you learn all five love languages backwards and forwards mm -hmm. so that you see it when it comes your way and respond appropriately. It may not be your primary love language, but you can see it coming. So, oh, it's over here, but it's love. They're sending love. I can, I can respond appropriately to that. And the second thing about that is that, um, that when you when you see that, or, or just the whole action of doing sending out love like that, mm -hmm. and watching for what's good about people, reminds me of the thing they do in, at the end of a yoga class. They'll put their hands together and then they'll say, "Namaste." Namaste. So <laughs> namaste actually is a, is a of the Sanskrit uh, dialect in India, the northern part of India. It, it's it's there the sanskrit dialect also brought us words like karma or mm -hmm. nirvana so namaste also means the god in me sees the god in you or the divine in me sees the divine in you so divine means the good things we're seeing the the, the good parts of you and we're watching for that this is really coincides exactly with namaste that is just, honestly, this is so beautiful. And, you know, elevating love like that and making it, you know, just prominent, just out there. If we could all shift that, what would this world be like? <laughs> I think it'd be a lot better place. And and you're right. You're absolutely right, Teresa, that, that it's purposeful. This is a purposeful life that you're determining to love every day, all day long. When Dr. Chapman came out with the book, The Five Love Languages, he said, just do it to your significant other people mm -hmm. and not with your significant others all day long. Most most people are not. You're, you, you're there at home and then you go to work and then you forget that you're supposed to love at work and then you come home and you forget that you're back home and you forget to love. Yeah. And it's just, it's just that part-time part -time job it doesn't work. This is a consistency that you're developing within your character that it's going to be what you do. It's going to be your mantra for every day, all day long. There really should be no vacations about love at all. There really should not any any leaks in, in your character. Just develop a character of love. You're sending it out. No expectation of it coming back. You're actually really happy. When you make someone else's day, It's it's like paying it forward. You've made their day. Now they're going to go make somebody else's day and they're going to make somebody else's day. And now you've started kind of, you're kind of a love starter is what I like to call it. That is you're starting that fire of love and it's being passed on. Unlike the the thing when, when I was in school, in, in grade school, we'd they'd slug me in the shoulder and say, pass it on. <laughs> not like that. And if you didn't pass it on, you get double. Yes. And on and and 
you just you don't want that type of situation right. in kindness you're just sending kindness out constantly yes. all day long yes and just think too people won't get sick as often because then cortisol is decreased and you know all the other uh, or hormone hormones that are making us sick they're at a lower level and then we've got oxytocin and all these other um you know all the others elevated which makes people it which relieves dis-ease <laughs> that's right uh, so, yeah. one yeah. one time I, I was testing this the dye with a with a family a family of five children the youngest was four years old a boy and uh, one day he one day he rolled physical touch mm -hmm. he's, he's jumping up and down and saying yes physical touch physical touch and immediately went to beat up his, on his older brother he <laughs> permission to do that on that day and so the mother's trying to suppress all that laughter just holding <laughs> back because that's a funny reaction but just you don't want to don't want to encourage the boy to keep doing that right so hold it back and and it was became a teaching moment for that child and you know four years old he's not reading yet he right. could understand all he he actually became a love language linguist all by himself because okay. whatever it rolled, he knew what it was called. He knew what what to say and what it meant. So it's it's a very their children are quick studies that way. They'll they'll glom onto this and especially to love that they're trying to be kind to the to their schoolmates. You can see in a school situation how it tamped down the misbehavior, tamped okay. down any any violence. And it just will, it makes the job for the teacher so much easier because you're not having to deal with any misbehaving. That takes okay. precious classroom time that you don't, you really can't spare. And you don't exactly. have to, you really don't have to worry about that. More teaching will happen. Oh, that. yes. And, you know, the other thing that it highlights for me, you're telling children what to do. You're guiding them as to what to do. Because so often we focus on telling them what not to do. Right which of course highlights what not to do. So when we're you when they have a plan for the day, right? To give those gifts, you know whatever they are whether it's touch or you know whatever it is, then they have they they have plan, they have a direction, they have a goal, which of course when we have a goal we're more successful. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and it, it teaches them responsibility. They don't have to wait like I did until age 35 to realize that, oh, I'm responsible for my own actions. You don't have to wait that, uh, by rolling the die in the morning and then having to be accountable in the afternoon mm -hmm. by writing the entry. Um, I, in, in my area, I've got a, a school, a private school that actually is taking this on. And at the end of, end of a month, if they've recorded it for 15 days of the month, mm -hmm. I've got a, a yogurt uh, franchise that it was giving them five ounces of free yogurt if they do it 15 days. If they do it almost every single day of the month, which they would have to, they do it 25 days, 25 times that they've written in the journal, then they get 10 ounces of, of yogurt for free. Nice. So think of that. This first grade or second grade or third grader now has a journal at the end of the year. It's a, And it's not anything, any type of journal. It's a love journal. What did they love? How? Did, what opportunities did they see to love? And what did they do about those opportunities? I would have loved to have a journal like that from my mother or my grandmother. Right. 
got a, a journal about what the weather was like 60 years ago. Yep. I could have looked at an almanac for that. Right. <laughs> I would have preferred just just tell me what there is to love in your time frame, in your in your area era. Yeah. What is there to love and what did you do about those opportunities? That would have been more meaningful for me. Oh my gosh. Yes. So powerful. Wow. Wow. Thank you. you. It's been a fun project and it just has me so excited about just trying to spread this. Let's be love starters and get this going around the world. Wow. Yes. Yes. Let's, let's. (laughs) Wow. I have some teacher friends I'm going to share this with. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And school starting or maybe it has started already, but yeah. 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 It has in Florida. Um, So yeah, I'll definitely be sharing and you know, they, they range from pre-K to middle school. So perfect. I'll definitely be sharing that. Great. Yeah. And so what I do for teachers is I actually supply them with a PDF of the, the journal page so they can print as many as they need oh, nice. for, and print it as often as they need for their school. And I allow them permission to do that. The book is copyright, but I, I allow them to do that, especially for teachers, because mm-hmm. this really has a valuable place in the school system and in in private schools and in homeschooling any any type of schooling this really has a place to teach children how to love teach them appropriate ways to love and teach them all the five love languages if they had that and 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 inserted that into their character that becomes the role r-o-l-e of love even though i use a play on words it's r-o-l-l to roll the die yes r-o-l-e changes you within and that's that's the whole whole purpose of this yes and when we learn to love i mean the possibilities are endless life just takes on a whole new meaning it does and, um yeah and we well, need it we, we need, need it, it. <laughs> we, absolutely, we absolutely need it we need to down the road rage. So when those when those children that learned how to love early come to driving, they're not. Hopefully, they won't be of the disposition to have road rage. Exactly. They won't have those annoyances, 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 and flashes of of road okay. road rage. So that uh, it won't happen. That's it. That's it. And you know, when you love, you don't hurt people. When you love, exactly. you know, everybody everybody wins. Like you said, it's so win win. <laughs> It's a game everybody wins. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. So, Paul, if there's one thing you want people to leave this moment with, what would that be? I I just would hope that they would consider their their path that they're on right now. Mm -hmm. Is it moving toward love? Is it moving? Is it helping uplift people? Is it helping people make their make their day? And if it's not, if it's really, if it, if you're sending out anger, you're going to get immediate return on that anger. Nobody wants that, and and you shouldn't be investing in that. This is this is an investment that that is a very small investment of time, very small investment of money, mm-hmm. it's a lot less than even one session of of therapy to to get the book the book the die and and the journal less than a, what a session of therapy costs. But just make make the tiny investment of two seconds to roll the die, set the mantra, set the tone for the day, and at the end of the day, record what you did. And I, I think if people would do that, that we're really going to find find a more loving community, a more loving environment, just 
just sending it out. Everybody get on board so that and it doesn't take anything. Love, sending love out usually doesn't cost anything. In fact, you can my my son hates hates to roll the gifts because he thinks it's going to cost money. So he <laughs> just rolls it again. And the funny thing about it, when he rolls it again, gifts come up again. <laughs> gifts come up again. So mm. he did it four times and it came up. I said, son, you just got try to try to do it that day. Right. You know, there's different ways you can send it out. So just, yeah. just um, figure out a way that you can send out love every day. If it's yeah. not, maybe it's something else. But this tool really worked for me. For me, it changed my whole whole mindset. Right. From anger, from those flashes of anger, mm -hmm. it only took 30 days for me. The, the, the time it takes to form a habit only took 30 days for me to really overcome any of that those flashes any being annoyed at anybody by mm -hmm. what they did to realize that I'm not their judge. I'm not, it, it, that's not my d decision to make whether that's the right thing to do or not. Right. Stay in your lane, just send out love all day long. That yeah. was more than yeah. one thing though, but I'm yeah. thankful. That's cool. It was, they were all important, you know? And while you were saying that, it made me think too, for, you know, kindergartners or pre-K students who are not, you know, they can't write or they may not recall something, the teacher's going to highlight it on the board. Hey, I caught this person doing that. I caught, you know, and high, so then all the students, they're like, oh, they can also model, you know, or imitate that same behavior so they can be highlighted as well, which I think would be great because you want to highlight the positive. Absolutely. Teresa, that reminds me of a story that's in the book. Of, a, of this teacher lo locally that used to incorporate the parents. So mm -hmm. please, please catch your son or catch your daughter doing something really good. Write a little, a little note about it and then send it to school with, with the child. Then that, that note was read at the beginning of the class and, mm -hmm. and the child didn't, didn't even know what that, that they brought that note to school. For the teacher, but it was, so it was in an envelope that child didn't know that they were going to be called on for something good that they'd done. And so it was really just positive reinforcement that way of good behavior. It's funny, I, I play pickleball with the same teacher. She's 82 right now. And she, she used to teach the preschool. And when she misses a ball or, or makes a bad shot, she'll throw a tantrum just like a two-year-old. <laughs> where that came from but she's just, <laughs> it's just a very funny lady anyway uh, very fun yeah awesome wow well how, how can people get hold of you they can contact me at my website it's simply the uh roleoflove.com r-o-l-e of love.com and on on that site you can buy the journal you can uh, buy the book you can buy it by the die and then there's a, a few other things on there that you can imbibe if if people listening to this podcast prefer listening and want the audible book they'll need to go to amazon but when they go to amazon if they type in roll of love they're going to get love this love that love a million things and it's going to be a needle in the haystack trying to find it so right. if you just if you're going to amazon just type in my name paul zolman and you it'll come right to it you can order it on Kindle or you can order the Audible version of the book as well. Wonderful. Thank you, Paul. I have had a great time learning about love languages because like I said, I didn't really know what they were until now. <laughs> so you thank go. you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. It's been yes. a pleasure.
Pleasure for me too. And to our listeners, thank you for listening on Spotify and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, Parent with Confidence.